Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, every day I hear from people on my YouTube forums who are atheists, agnostics, secularists. Again and again they tell me that religion is just a childish fantasy, that science has undermined all of its claims, that it's violent and dangerous. And I try as best I can to engage these arguments. Go on my YouTube forums if you doubt me here and see some of these extended conversations I've had with secularists and, and atheists. But occasionally I hear some of these folks say some version of this. I don't need religion. I'm perfectly happy as I am. This world gives me all that I require. Now, i got to tell you, when I hear that, I just smile because I don't believe them. And I usually respond with some version of this. If, if you don't believe in God and have absolutely no need of the spiritual life, why are you spending so much time on my forum? <laughs> of course, it's true that a lot of them come back again and again, telling me they just don't have any need for religion. Well, why are they spending so much time on a religion forum? See, the bottom line is, St. Augustine was dead right when he said, Lord, you have made us for yourself. Therefore, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Everybody, believer and non-believer alike, knows in his bones that this is true, and I've wagered my life on it. The proof of it, by the way, is that nothing in this world, success, money, power, pleasure, ever does finally satisfy us. Now again, ask Donald Trump, ask um, Bill Gates, ask anybody who has achieved all the success the world can offer. I guarantee you, in their honest moments, they will tell you that they are not satisfied. There is still a longing for more. This is the glory of human life and the sadness of it. Because we want, with all our hearts, something that the world just cannot give us. What we want, in a word, is the Holy Spirit. What we want is the very life of God the vitality and energy of God. And this is what we're focused on today, on this great feast of Pentecost, the feast of the Holy Spirit. It's precisely what Jesus is talking about in the seventh chapter of John's Gospel. It's the reading, by the way, for the vigil of Pentecost. When, at the climax of the great Jewish feast of tabernacles, he stands there in the temple precincts and he says, let anyone who thirsts come to me and 
drink. Now, friends, I want you just to stay with that image for a while. Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. We can live for quite a while without food, especially if we got a little fat on our bones. But without water, we would die in very short order. That's how desperately we need water. Water is an absolute prerequisite for life. And don't we sense this truth precisely when we are thirsty? There's just something particularly awful about thirst, something desperate and pressing that goes even beyond, it seems, the level of hunger. You know, when you're hungry, it's certainly unpleasant. But there's something about thirst that is just devastating. Why? Well, it's the body's way of signaling that it needs something essential and it needs it now. That's why Jesus speaks of thirst. That's why the Bible often uses the metaphor of thirst. Like a dry, weary land without water, Lord, my soul thirsts for you. Because we need the Holy Spirit desperately and now if we want to live spiritually. Now, it's as simple as that, friends. And I'm not going to take argument from anybody on this. Believer or non-believer, you're listening to me, you're a complete secularist, you're an atheist. I'm just right about this, <laughs> wagering my whole life on it. And you know the truth of it in your bones. There's a thirst in you that nothing in this world ever can or ever will satisfy See, what corresponds to bodily thirst is this aching of the heart that every one of us feels, whether we can explicitly name it or not. It's the quest, I mean, call it what you want, for purpose, for joy, for satisfaction, for meaning. And everybody listening to me right now has it. Same points being made in the first reading for the Feast of Pentecost from the Acts of the Apostles. We hear that Jews have gathered from all over the world in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. Of course, it was a Jewish feast before uh, it became a Christian feast. And they all hear the same message as the disciples preach. Why? Why? Because it's the message that everybody wants, that everybody is thirsty for. At that miracle of Pentecost, everyone hears the disciples speaking in his own language. See, it signals the universality of the thirst I'm talking about. Christian, non-Christian, believer, non-believer, Easterner, Westerner. You're from North America, you're from Africa, you're from Asia, you're from South America. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your background is. Everybody's got this thirst, and that's why everybody wants this message. Go back to my atheist, secularist friends for a moment. They can say all they want. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. But you know what? <laughs> They're whistling in the dark, and they know it. Their language is, is precisely akin to someone who's wandering in the desert, away for days and days from any nourishment. 
who says, I'm fine. I'm not thirsty at all. The tragedy of secularism, and I see it all the time, is that it sets people adrift precisely in this kind of spiritual desert. And friends, that's the major reason I'm doing the work that I'm doing in evangelizing the culture and trying to reach out precisely to the secularist, to the atheist, to the unchurched, because it just breaks my heart that so many people, especially young people, are dying of thirst. What the church offers is the water of the Holy Spirit. Come to me, Jesus says, and drink. Okay, so how do you get the Holy Spirit? Let's say you say, oh yeah, I admit it, I'm thirsty, I need the Holy Spirit. How do I get it? There's a very important clue, I think, in the second reading from Paul to the Corinthians. Paul says this, No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Let that little line sink in. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There is, in other words, a very tight correlation between having the Holy Spirit and declaring the Lordship of Jesus. Those two are tightly related to each other. Now, what does it mean to claim the Lordship of Jesus? Well, it means to submit to his direction in every aspect of your life. To think as he thought. To act as he acted. To desire as he desired to pray as he prayed, to love as he loved. See, if I say Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, he's the dominus in Latin. He's the one that dominates every aspect of me. It doesn't mean I pay attention to him for a few minutes once a week. It doesn't mean I pay him lip service. It doesn't mean I just check the box, I'm a, I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic. It means he has taken possession of me. See, and here's the thing. The wager is that the submission to this lordship will unleash the Holy Spirit in you. Those two are related to each other. You can't say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. When you make Jesus Lord, the Holy Spirit is operative in you. And again, isn't this just what Jesus himself says in John 7, our gospel? Come to me and drink. Stay within the context of John's magnificent gospel and find this idea amplified, explained, reiterated again and again. As Jesus dies on the cross, he breathes his last, and then it says he hands over the Spirit. Terrific image, isn't it? As Jesus dies, he, he expires, he breathes his last. He hands over the spiritus, the spirit. It's just breath or wind in Latin, spiritus. It translates pneuma in Greek, which translates ruach in Hebrew. They all mean wind or breath. Breath means life. It also means power. We saw this recently, didn't we? in the damage caused by those terrible tornadoes that swept through the middle part of our country a few weeks ago. 
We see it every time we take off in an airplane. What is it that's bearing up that huge machine? Well, essentially, it's breath, it's wind, it's air. The resurrected Jesus breathed on his disciples, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Same image, isn't it? He breathes out his breath. What's the point? Do you want power, energy, life, purpose, strength? Well, you got to stand near him. You have to be around what he breathes forth. See, there's the point, friends. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Flip it around. Do you want the Holy Spirit? You have to declare the Lordship of Jesus. You've got to be near him, around him, as he breathes out this power. And what is it essentially that he's always breathing forth? Love. And see, love is precisely what the Holy Spirit is. For the Spirit is the love that's breathed back and forth between the Father and the Son. Do you want life? Do you want meaning, purpose, the satisfaction of your deepest longing? And everyone listening to me does. Then be close to Jesus as he breathes out love. And you will have what your heart is thirsting for. Friend, let that sink in on this great feast of Pentecost the great feast of the Holy Spirit. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.